an opportunity to share, you know, just briefly here. Just briefly, ladies, I'm going to highlight that. Just briefly. All right, go ahead. Yes, he is. He's not ever brief, is he? <laughs> so I know he, he loves us. I've just asked a few ladies to come up and share briefly. I told him already. I said about one minute of what God did. I want y'all to know, you probably are wondering what this is. We went uh, to Rio Dosa for a women's retreat, and God really taught us how to love the life that he's given to us. Nobody should go through life hating, hating what they have. God, Christ died so that each one of us can love our life, love the people he's put in our life, and that's what we as women of God learn. So I just... I want you to hear what God did in some of these ladies' lives. All right. Miss Stella. Oh, I was so happy to be there. It was one of the best experiences of my life. It was the first time for me to go to one of their retreats. And I tell you, if you didn't go this time, sign up for next year. The power of God was there, and I was able to meet so many new ladies. And it was a pleasure to meet these new ladies right here. And uh, uh, it was true when Mecca used to say, Mama Stella. Well, I want to be a mama to all these girls that mamas are not here. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you, Mama Stella. This is Monica. Hello. um, I was just so blessed to have gone to this retreat. I went with so much um, baggage, so much bondage, uh, bondages of insecurity, fear of rejection. But you know what? God met me there at the retreat. He took all of that away from me. I am loving my life. I am appreciating everything and everyone in there in my life. Um, I'm just so blessed. And for those of y'all who thought, you know, it was not for you, you know what? There's next year. And God is here. God is in this place. And he's just so awesome. Amen. Good job. And this is Miss Maria. I, I was really nervous about coming up here, but I learned that, you know, our children live, learn by example. And when my son came back from desperation, I told him to come up here. He was really nervous, so I said, I can't say no. Um, I, took a lot, I took a lot back from this. You know, I had a lot of fear, and I've learned my weaknesses, and I know that with God, everything will. He, I'll overcome everything that he's given me. And, you know, parenting is a privilege. I've learned that, you know, I learned a lot of, a lot of skills that I can apply to my life, and God really touched us. And, you know, he met, I met some really awesome women up there, and I know that, you know, I'm very blessed. And if you didn't go, like she said, you should go next year because it does open our eyes and it opens our hearts to everything. So I really enjoyed it. Amen. All right. This is Kim. Um, every, uh, this is the fourth year that I went, and every year it, God just reminds me how important my family is to me and how big of a blessing they are. And it's just refreshing every year to go. You should go. Amen. Husbands, you should send your wives. Okay, this is a good thing. They come home with a fresh love for their families. Allie. Um, This is my first time to go also. I just want to encourage anyone who has not went to go because it has, it just moves you so much. And God can heal you from anything. I'm living proof. He can heal you from anything. Amen. Amen. God is our healer. And this is Linda. It was her first time, too. Yes, it was an amazing experience. 
um, I had lost faith and hope. Thank God, he showed me the road. He opened me, and I'm very faithful now. Thank God, he showed me I was very selfish, and I asked for forgiveness. My husband. I love you, honey. It really changed me, and I encourage every woman here to go next year. Don't lose faith and don't lose hope. Amen. Amen. So we want all of you to love the life that God has given to you. Thank you so much for supporting the women of our church. When the women are changed, trust me. Our church family is going to be changed. Amen? Love all of you. Amen. Amen. That's, uh, that's Proverbs 33, what she just said. That's that verse that says, when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Some of you didn't know that was in the Bible. Well, it is. It's in there. Kind of, sort of, but not really. All right, I'm going to throw you some dates out there. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Our ushers will get you one. Uh, February 23rd through 25th is our marriage retreat. I highly advise you to start making plans for that. Just giving you some dates, even though it may seem a long time away. Begin to make plans both financially and time to be there. You don't want to miss it. Okay, let's go to Ephesians chapter number 2. And we're going to start today something new. I hadn't talked about any of this, but the Lord has put this in my heart. We're going to talk about the ABCs of Christianity. And I believe God's wanting to do something within each one of us today. I'm going to talk about salvation, and some of you say, well, I'm already saved. Well, good. It's going to be a refresher course for you, and I believe this will help you. Now, how many of you can think in times past, when you've seen this guy at sporting events, he got a big old orange afro or a rainbow, and he has this sign that says, Jesus saves. I don't know if you guys ever remember that guy. He was always at big sporting events. But the question is, rise, what does Jesus save? What does he say? Is he saving uh, the... the the silver minnow? Is he saving coupons? Is he saving antiques? What is he saving? Well, when you study what Jesus saves, he saves souls. He saves people. Now, the Greek word for the, the word saved is the word S-O-Z-O. Usually, I will pronounce that Zozo, but that's really not the correct pronunciation. But that's what we're going to say. But that word saved in the Greek means this. To make you well or whole, spirit, soul, and body. So the minute you give your heart to Jesus, guys, not only does he come in there and recreate your spirit, an eternal spirit, he wants to restore your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's your soul. How many of you in here, and you don't have to raise your hand, but you may have had problems with your mind. Your memory. You may be, have things that try to come back over your mind. I'm going to tell you, salvation will take care of that. And even your physical body. Now, we're going to go fairly fast today. And you're going to have to stay with me. But please, stay focused here today. Stay in tune. Don't let your mind drift, okay? Ephesians chapter number 2. Let's begin in verse 8. It says, For by grace you have been saved. For by grace, you have been saved. So when you look at that right there, you have been saved. That's past tense. That means it's already done. 
Now let's keep reading. For by grace you have been saved. How? Through faith that is not of yourself. It is the gift of God. And so when you read that right there, guys, salvation is not earned by your works. It's earned only by believing God. And I shouldn't use the word earned. It's a free gift. And that free gift is available to every one of us. So you can't earn it by, by men's works. If you could earn it, then it would no longer be a gift. Now let me give you a little illustration here. Christmas comes around and, and I've had on my heart to buy people a gift. And so I, I look at Adam and I said, man, I bought you a gift for Christmas. I saved all year to buy you this here. And I give it to Adam. And Adam takes it and Adam opens it up. And Adam tries it on and he said, thank you, Pastor. I've always wanted some Donald Duck pajamas. This is my heartbeat. Thank you, thank you so much. You guys didn't know that's what he wanted for Christmas. They did. He's already told me. But if I looked at Adam and then said, now how do you want to pay for this gift? You want to pay cash, credit card, check, or even money order? He would look at me like, you're crazy, I thought this was a gift. And so if, if we have to pay for something, guys, it's no longer a gift. And this is what we got to point out here through salvation. It is a gift for every one of us. So how do you receive a gift? Just like that. Thank you. I mean, when you give me a Christmas gift at Christmas, I don't get on my knees and say, oh, thank you, I beg for it. No, you look at me like, get up, you idiot. No, what we just receive it. Well, see, this is what God wants us to do with salvation too. So he said, it is the gift of God, not of works, least anyone should boast. And so what you want to see here, the first thing, guys, is it's a gift. There will not be one person in heaven that can say, I got there because of everything I did. Nuh-uh. You won't be there because of that. The only way you'll be there is to receive this gift, okay? But I want to highlight, it is a gift. Go with me to the book of Romans, chapter 6. Now, I'm going to cross you back and forth through the New Testament here this morning. And we're going to move, but I'm going to go a little slower than I did the first service. Romans, chapter 6. Begin with me in verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. How many of you knew a sin had wages? Well, it does. Sin has a pension plan. One translation says, for the wages which sin pays is death. And so think about that. But the gift of God is eternal life. But the gift of God is eternal life. And so what I want you to see right here is salvation is not just for a weekend. It's not for a month. It's not for a year. It's not for 20 years. It's eternally. Now many times as human beings, we have a hard time to relating to the word eternally because we base everything on seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, and years. But right here, I want you to understand today, this is an eternal gift. And me and you guys, we're going to spend eternity somewhere. There's two choices. A, heaven, B, is hell. But you're going to spend it eternally somewhere. Now, when I look at this, what it says, salvation is a free gift, salvation is eternal. Can God lie? Titus 1-2 says that God is incapable of lying. 
So when I read this right here, man, when God tells us this is how things are going to be, we need to get that in our hearts and our spirits. This is for eternity. This is what God wants to do for us. Salvation. It's a free gift. It's eternity. Go with me right there to your left to the next chapter or the next book. Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter number 13. And some of you saying, well, I've known this for a long time. Well, I want to get this back in your spirit, man. Where you understand some things today about salvation that will impact you eternally. Acts chapter 13, verse 38. Therefore, let it be known to you or clearly understood to you, brethren. Now, when you see the word brethren, you know who that means? Ones that have received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Because of that, you are now considered the brethren, the, the, the brothers in Christ. So he addresses the, the brethren. That through this man, Jesus, is preached to you even the forgiveness of sins. The Amplified says, the forgiveness and removal of sin is proclaimed to you. Now, in saying that right there, think about that just a second. I don't know about you, but I thank God my sins have been forgiven. Because I had a lot of them. Man, I had lists of them. But if you'll notice through there, the key was through this man, Jesus. So if you've given your heart to Jesus and made Je or let Jesus become the Lord and Savior of your life, then you are a candidate for this. You don't have to hope your sins are forgiven. You can believe this passage right here. Now, what's the key to it? Well, keep reading here. Verse number 39. And by Him, Jesus, everyone who believes. I want you to underline that. Everyone who believes. So each one of us, it's going to based on what we believe. The Amplified says those who believe in Jesus, they acknowledge Him, and they, they devote their lives to Him, are these ones. Keep reading. And everyone who believes is justified. Now, I'm going to get on justification a little more, but to briefly tell you about justified, it means that you've been cleared of all your charges. What charges? All my sin problem. And so it's as if that you had all these, these sin warrants out for your life, and just because you received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you've been cleared of every charge. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Keep reading. You've been justified from all things. Man, if I was you, I'd highlight that word all. I thank God I've been freed and cleared of all things in my life from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Now, what all this means is you've been released and because of what Jesus did here, you are now in right standing with Father God. How was I in wrong standing? Because what Adam and Eve did in the garden thousands of years ago, a, a sin, when you were born into this earth, you were born into sin. But because of what Jesus did, and it only happens by salvation, that when I give my heart to Jesus, I am now in right standing with Father God. Now, Jeremiah 31, 34 says, that God remembers my sin no more. God, can God lie? No. 
So if God doesn't remember my sin anymore, I shouldn't. Now, here's what can happen at times. That the angels of heaven, they look at Father God and they said, God, can you tell us about Jason's past sin? And you know what God would say to him? I don't remember. I don't remember any of them. Is it because God has a poor memory? God suffers from Alzheimer's? No. It's this because God has chosen to not remember your sin anymore. And it all comes that when we give our heart to Jesus, you know what He sees us? He sees us in right standing. He looks and says, Oh, that's my boy. That's my girl. And it's not based on anything I have or haven't. It's based on salvation. Now what you're going to see here today, guys, this salvation thing is not just a good deal. It's a great deal for us. It's a gift. It's eternal life. But also it puts me in right standing. Those are the first three. Now, go back to Romans chapter 3. Just back to your right a little bit more. And you're going to begin to see some more things here this morning. That I've got to get this on the inside of you where we fully understand. I don't care how many years you've been born again. You must understand right standing. Woo, I'm in right standing today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't have to walk around depressed and beat up. Romans 3. Verse number 23. Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now you can highlight some words in there. All. So you know what that tells me? Every one of us in this room have sinned. And every one of us in this room have fallen short in the glory, uh, for the glory of God. So when I look at that, here's what we must understand. And get this today. In a legal court of law, because every one of us have fallen short of the glory of God and we've sinned, we're guilty. We're guilty. We should be sentenced to eternal damnation. Every one of us. But verse 24. Being justified how? Freely by Jesus' grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So once again, because of justification, guys, I'm free. What does the word justified mean? It means just or justice. Now, a just God in a legal case of court can present justice on us. And so when we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior... It's justice for Father God to sentence me and you to heaven. And when you look at what it says, every one of us are on our way to hell. Without Jesus, we're on our way. And so because Jesus has justified us freely, I can, I can live. I can go to heaven. I can spend eternity. Now the question arises right here, why would a loving God or a just God send anyone to hell? How many of you have ever heard that? I hear that weekly. If your God's so good, why would He send anyone to hell? Well, the answer to that is, you know what? God doesn't send anyone to hell. He doesn't send anyone to hell. Remember, Romans 3.23 says, we've all sinned. So we're all on our way to hell. Without Jesus. And so what Father God did, because of Jesus' justifying us, He said, if they'll receive my Son as Lord and Savior... 
They will spend eternity in heaven. So really when you look at this, God doesn't send any of us to hell. We send ourselves to hell because we reject Jesus. Now when I look at everything that He's done, the justification, God won't charge two people with the same crime. So you know what He did there? He charged Jesus with all of my crime. And so in a court of law, you know what God says? I can justly say, I sent it you to heaven because of Jesus. Not because anything you've done. So think about this, guys, already today. It's a gift. It's eternity. It's right standing. It's justification. Now look over to the very next chapter, chapter 4. Verse number 1. What then shall we say... That our father Abraham has found according to the flesh. For if Abraham was justified or established by works, he has something or grounds to boast on, but not before God. So you know what he's saying? If Abraham was justified by his works, Abraham could run around telling everybody, look how great I am. But that's not how it was. Now I want you to really focus in on verse 3 here. Abraham believed God. Abraham trusted God. He relied on God. Didn't say he earned it. It said he believed God. Now look what happens. And it was accounted or accredited to him for righteousness. So what does all that mean? Well, the word righteousness means that because of Jesus, once again, it puts me in right standing with Father God. So it uses the words, it was accounted for righteousness. So that word accounted, this is what happens here, guys. In my account, in your account, you have an account. Do you realize that? My account was overdrawn with a thing called sin. I had so much sin in my life, and that was in my account. So what Father God said, that when you believe me, just like Abraham did, I'm going to take all your sin out of your account, and I'm going to put it in Jesus' account. And I'm going to take all the righteousness that was in Jesus' account. And I'm going to move it to yours. And when I look at that, I think, just because I'm saved, I'm born again, I am now the righteousness of God in Christ. But the key here was, I must just believe. I must believe that this is what Father God wants me to happen, to happen to me and to you. And so just like with Abraham, I must believe. Now, think about the scripture, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So when you look at that right there, for God so loved the world, Jesus paid the price for every person in the world. I don't care who you are. Jesus paid the price. But there's many people who won't be saved. Why? They didn't believe. They didn't believe. They did not believe who Jesus was. They did not accept Him as Lord and Savior. But what I want you to see in this passage right here, that when you do believe, just like when Abraham did, God accounted it all to righteousness for him. That's what God's going to do to you. He's going to make you in right standing. So once again, here's the question. Does sin send folk to hell? Does my sin send me to hell? 
No, it doesn't. John 3.36, it says this, that he who believes will have life, but he who doesn't believe will have death. So you know what salvation is based on? It's not based on my sin. It's based on whether I accept Jesus or not. People don't go to hell for their sin. We've all sinned. We go to hell because we reject God's gift to us. So when you accept that gift, and guess what? You have become the righteousness of God in Christ. So think about all this. It's a free gift. It's eternal life. It's right standing. It's justification. It's even righteousness. Now move to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to give you one more of these. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Man, when I started believing this, I began to look at my own life, and you know what I said to myself? You've been living far below your kingdom benefits. You've been justified. You know what that word justified means? Justified never sin. Some of you got to start, well, I've been justified. You need to start living like you've never sinned. Well, I have. Now, if you've received Jesus, Jesus got rid of all those. And when you start learning who you are in Christ, you know what you get to do? You get to love life. You'll walk in life and you'll enjoy it. Because you know what? You understand, man, Jesus has blessed me. He's blessed me incredibly. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Now you got to understand that. Now when you give your heart to Jesus, you are no longer owned by you. Jesus has now became Lord of my life. And when Jesus is Lord of my life, look what happens in verse 20. For you were bought... At a price. There was a huge price paid for you and me. And you know what it was? The blood of Jesus. And when you see right here that you were bought with a price, you know what that means? You have been redeemed. Redemption means you were bought with a price. The blood of Jesus. Now when you study redeemed, according to Galatians 3.13, as children of God... We've been redeemed from poverty, sickness, and death. So you know what part of your salvation package is? Life, blessing, and divine health. That's what it meant when Jesus broke the curse of the law. That it says Galatians 3.30. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So my expectation, guys, if Jesus came to give me life according to John 10, I might as well enjoy life. He done paid the price. You know what? If he came to prosper me, spirit, soul, and body, then you know what? I might as well benefit of it. He doesn't have to die. He's already done it. And see, that's what I mean a minute ago. But I said, I've lived way beneath what Jesus died for. I need to move my level of life up here because Jesus has already done did it. And so when you see this last one, I got to understand redemption. But see, you have a choice to make. And the choice is this, you're either going to live as God's property or you're going to live under your own life. And I found out what the the life is when I live according to me. Now as I tell you all six of these this morning, there's a catch to this free gift called salvation. 
There's one catch. And the catch is this. I must live totally committed to Jesus. I must live totally committed. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, there's a lot of people that are so-called believers. And all they want is a thing called fire insurance. And you know what fire insurance is? I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. So in other words, they use Jesus as a life jacket to keep them out of hell. And Jesus Himself said in Luke 6.46, He said, Why do you say to me, Lord, Lord, but don't do the things I say? So you know what He's telling me in Luke 6.46? See, you can confess and you can say I'm Lord out of your mouth, but you don't do the things I say. So your salvation doesn't really line up to what you say is me as Lord, Lord. Now go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 7. And if you hadn't paid attention all day today, pay attention here, okay? Because I'm going to say some things here that may rock your world. And I'm going to tell you right now, you've got to understand my heart is this. I love people. I love every one of you. But I'm going to tell you the truth, okay? And sometimes the truth It'll knock the boogers out of you. I mean, sometimes the truth, sometimes we look and think, oh my gosh. But I want you to understand my heart in this. I want you leaving here today understanding salvation, okay? Start with me here, guys. Matthew 7, verse 21. Jesus' words, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Time out. I want you to note something there. He says, not everyone who says. So when I look at what Jesus says, you know what he's telling me? Salvation is more than a one-time confession as Jesus being Lord and Savior of my life. Do you get that? Remember, this is Jesus is telling us here. So he says here, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God or heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. He who does the will of my Father. He who does. So yes, part of salvation is confessing Him of Lord, but if I don't do, and you know what one translation says the doing is? Serious obedience. In other words, I can confess Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life, but if I don't do the things that Jesus has told me, then this is no longer salvation. Verse 22. Many, Jesus says many, not a few, will say to me in that day, once again, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we done many wonders in your name? And as I look at that and read, he says, these ones are saying, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We did these mighty things. We were spiritual in our own eyes. Look how religious we are. 
And when I read what Jesus is saying here, it's very clear to me, guys, that as a former sinner, I didn't hang out at the bars and prophesy in His name. I didn't go to, to the crack houses to cast out devils. So He's not talking to people that hang out at the strip clubs. He's not talking to people that aren't born again. Who do you think He's talking to? He's talking to the church, guys. He's talking to the church. People within the body of Christ. Now get ready here, verse 23. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Now notice in there, he didn't say, I used to know you. Or I knew you at one time in your life. He said, I never knew you. So you know what that tells me? They were never saved. They thought they were saved. Why? Because they confessed Him as Lord and Savior, but yet they never did submit full control to His life. And so look what He goes on to say. I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now remember, we established in verse 22 that it was many, and those many were believers, and He said, you who practice wickedness, and you who disregard my commands. So here's what I begin to see in this, and this is what the Lord really began to impress on me. How many people within our churches, we come in, and we can say the right things. We can act like we're, we're real spiritual. This is the way we go to church. We go. And I can come in and I can play games with God. No, this is what he's telling us here. And this was Jesus' words. And when I look at this, people can say, then, then how can I know that I'm truly born again? Well, ask yourself this question. Who's the Lord of your life? Better yet, who's the boss of your life? And what do I mean by who's the boss in your life? Well, who makes the decisions in your life? Are you still in charge? And if you are, you're the one who determines what's right or wrong in your life. And if you're still determining what's right or wrong in your life, then you're not saved. I'm fixing to drop a bomb on you. And if you're not saved, you're going to hell. Whoa, pastor. Whoa. I knew this would be popular. But I'm going to tell you, that's why I told you a minute ago. I'm going to tell you the truth. And I have to look at this in my own life. And I have to determine, am I all in? See, it's like the Texas Hold'em games. Well, I'll just lose, move this stack in. But I'm not moving it all in. You know what? I'll come to church when it's convenient. And I'll serve in the children when it's convenient. And oh, I prophesy. See, look what that said. He didn't get, that doesn't mean a flip to Jesus. He said, I never knew you. The only way I get to know someone is to spend time. I develop a relationship. There's a huge difference between religion and relationship. And some of you are religious. 
Put your rocks down. I didn't call your name. That's you. See, the bottom line, I know in this in my own life, the only person that can determine in my life if I'm truly in is me. That's only me. And so when I begin to look at everything he's saying, to be totally committed to Jesus, it must be a covenant. And in order for a covenant to work, two people got to die. Well, guess what? Jesus has already done it. He died and he said, I'm all in. He's not going to die again. He's done it. The question is, have you died? Have you died to yourself? And you know what a lot of people would say to me right here? They would say, but, but pastor, what about the Bible? Over and over, you even read today that Abraham believed. I believed. We've believed. What about that? Well, James 2.19 says this. Even the devils believe and tremble. Even the devils believe and tremble. And I got news for you today. Those devils who believe, not one of them will be in heaven. You know why? Because they can't submit to God's authority. And so when we come in here and we begin to play games, guys, God doesn't play games. God doesn't play, He doesn't play second place to anything. Quit thinking, I can give God a little dab and it'll do me. See, that's what the Lord's been telling me. i got to have every bit of you. Are you totally committed? Do you play God? See, if you confess me as Lord, but your life doesn't line up, then are you really saved? I know this isn't fun all the time. But when I truly understand salvation, whoo, there's some huge blessings, guys. Now stand on your feet with me. Stand on your feet with me. Now I realize I, I rocked some horses today. But you've got to understand, when I meditate on this all week, oh my gosh, God begins to deal with my heart. On areas of your li- on my life. And I say, oh Father God, I've got to come all in. I've got to come back all in. And you may live. Well, you don't live in a bunch of sin. But the question, once again, guys, it wasn't sin. It was this. I didn't know you. I don't know you. Bow your head with me.